0: Thirty years of doing this, I think I've put maybe five writers on a show. But I was so um, intrigued by the article that Zach Rosenblatt wrote about my beloved Jets. I had to learn more. I had to find out more because it's so it's such a dysfunctional mess. And he's the only guy that's got it. He covers the New York Jets uh, for the Athletic and really does a fine job. Zach gets Craig and Evan on the fan of New York City. I appreciate you spending a couple moments with us today. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing really well. You know, I was troubled right out of the gate when you opened up the <laughs> article talking about Robert Sala's uh, belief in patience, quoting John Wooden not winning till his 16th year and Starbucks taking 20 years to take off because he don't have that kind of time here. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, that's that been, if you remember, I mean, I'm, you obviously remember week one where you had the receipts comment and um, this, it was just the whole idea. Whole idea that everybody needs to be patient. It's going to work out. We're all going to be fine. And consider the Jets. Obviously, that doesn't. That's not how it so goes. So I
0: guess <laughs> my big question is: one of the takeaways for me is uh, as almost as if Robert Sala comes out as the hero here. That if not for his leadership, this thing would have been even worse than it was. And I'm wondering if that is the rhetoric that you got from multiple people in the organization, or that was kind of like a one-off type idea.
1: No, that, that is that is the general vibe I got, that, that, you know, there's all this stuff that was going wrong. You know, you had a quarterback who wasn't playing well. You had multiple receivers request trades during a season, which I've never seen before. You you know, you lose Brees Hall, you lose AVT, and they go into the bye week after beating the Bills, and they're feel, still feeling really good about themselves, despite all this stuff happening, despite, you know, receivers being annoyed by their quarterback, despite the offensive coordinator, you know, wanting a different quarterback. They, they, he still was able to keep the locker room together, and... And I, I, I do think he deserves a lot of credit for that. I think he's proven that he's a good leader at the very least. And, he, you know, he revamped his defense. The defense got a lot better. But ultimately, you know, his friend uh, kind of failed the offense But the, and, and
0: the, the problem is they may he may have kept the locker room together. Yeah. They closed the season by collapsing. Yeah. Like, they still closed the season You're with right. the second worst collapse really in the history of the franchise and losing their last six games. So, great, everyone didn't hate each other. <laughs> Big deal, they didn't win.
1: Yeah, that's it's totally fair. Um, you know, I mean, ultimately they they the offense was an absolute mess, and they didn't have a quarterback that they actually believed in. Uh, I mean, I guess they believed in Mike White, and then he broke all of his ribs. Um, so, so, so ultimately, like, you know, I, I mean, he deserves criticism in the sense that you know he, he hired his friend. I think he he was praised for hiring Michael Four, if you remember when they brought him over because right. of all the ties to so the Shanahan scheme and his brother and all that stuff and. I don't think LaFleur was necessarily like a terrible coach or anything. I, they didn't have, He wasn't dealt a great hand, but ultimately you can't, you can't go into the last six games and you, and you really do control your own destiny, and they lost every single game and they didn't score touchdowns in the last three games. and, For- it, they, had no fight and they had no fight in those last two games, I would say, and that does reflect poorly on Solly. Maybe, right.
0: it's, maybe it says a lot about me, but the thing I took away the most was about the way Elijah Moore treated LaFleur on that practice field when he told him to go bleep himself and told him that he sucked. Something that Jet fans probably screamed at the TV at some point during the season. Was there ever any, did you hear anything about Elijah Moore making amends with Lafleur, Or did he just walk back into the room a couple of days later like, yeah, I didn't tell you to go bleep yourself on the middle of a practice field.
1: I I did get the sense like, in the immediate aftermath that they they made, you know, they they hugged it out and they were okay from that point forward. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that Elijah Moore was happy with his role the rest of the way. He still didn't really like get the ball as much as I'm sure he wanted. And, and this was in the story, you know, ultimately it, it comes back to LaFleur, you know, simplifying the offense for Zach. The the thing I was told is that, and it was in the story, is that uh, the, the coaching point was to him was if the first read's not there and the second read's not there, just run. And so when the first read and the second read are the only ones you're really looking for, that means the third read, the fourth read, and the fifth read are being ignored every time. And Elijah Moore was usually in that in that. Got in it. that group, and and so I think it all kind of all of it ties together in my mind. So the, you know they they didn't really believe in Zach, so they made the offense simpler. And the fact that the offense was simpler meant that their talented receivers weren't getting the ball, and the receivers that are talented not getting the ball means they were annoyed, and then they were annoyed at the quarterback because he started this whole mess. So it's like a it's like a circle that all connects.
0: So yeah, so when in talking to a lot of the people you talk to, would you say amongst the young kind of immature but wildly talented receiving core? there was more anger towards Zach Wilson or more anger towards the floor?
1: Huh. You know, I think it's kind of, its kind of two-pronged. I think there's anger directed at how bad Zach Wilson was. I think they're more annoyed about him as a quarterback than as a person. But at the same time, I think there was a lot of you, – you saw Garrett Wilson had a quote at the end of the season where he talked about it was like, uh, other defenses knew what they were going to do uh, by right. the end of the season. It was hard to get anything going, and that was pretty clearly a shot at LaFleur. So I would say there was a lot of frustration with, you know, his play calls and, and you know, the complexity of the scheme. I, somebody told me that it was, like, needlessly complicated. I don't know if everybody believed that, but, uh, yeah, I, I think there was frustration with both of them, and I don't know if there's necessarily more for either one. I, I think ultimately the whole team was frustrated because, you know, as I'm sure you guys have talked about, it, this defense was really good. They were they were good enough yeah, to really be in good. the playoffs. And it was like if, a waste, if, 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 you know. If if the Jets if the Jets like I think averaged twenty points a game, they would have won like two or three more games. And right. they didn't. So that that tells you everybody was just mad at you know the offense not doing its job. And when that happens, the quarterback and the offensive coordinator are always get. So be let ones me ask you this: Just to talking
0: Jets. to Zach Rosenberg, who wrote the most authoritative article on a season gone awry that I've read thus far, uh, is your sense that? Joe Douglas is making the decision on offensive coordinator, and yeah, he'll allow Robert Sala to at least be in the room when they interview guys, or is it more Robert Sala's making the choice, or is it truly a collective? Like, where are we now based on the fact that Sala's first pick flamed out so badly?
1: I I, I do believe that they are giving Sala the ability to make the decision. I, I don't know, you know, if if he says he wants to hire somebody, and you know, Woody or Joe come in and say, I don't know if we, we agree with you, then they might stop him. But he, he's running the show. I think the issue they're running into now is that they're trying to get guys who would want to be the offensive coordinator here. You know, there's – as much as there is some appealing things here with that young core of talent and that defense and, and all that stuff, you know, there's questions about job security. Like, if, if I, am I going to come here and then I'm gone and looking for another well, job a in a year? That's a good
0: here. point. That's a good point.
1: And, and, and they, as of right now, they they don't have a quarterback because I don't, I don't think they believe Zach Wilson's going to be their starter next year. Oh, so no, I, thank I don't know God. Thank That's God. the most appealing spot for an OC right now. Yeah, well,
0: they brought obviously Nathaniel Hackett in. Uh, I saw that Byron Leftwich did get fired in Tampa. Not that they've been thinking about him, but you know there'll be some quality candidates available. And God knows, there's a dozen veteran quarterbacks that they can bring in here that are immediate upgrades from what we saw. Your overall gut, Woody Johnson uh, is really uber patient with Robert Saleh through this process. Or do you think, uh, you know, the warning's been laid out, we're not tolerating another year like this past year, even though this past year did show market improvement?
1: Yeah, I you know, I especially the, the funny thing is, and I don't, maybe not a funny thing because I don't think Jets fans find it funny, but, I like, if, if you flip the schedule and if you say the Jets started off losing six in a row and then ended the season, uh, right. and they ended with seven wins, like, how much different is the conversation right now? Significantly. but. But, but the, the reality is that's not what happened. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type league. So I, I, I know that Woody was very frustrated with the way it ended. I think he's presenting it as if he's going to be patient. But, you know, they're bringing in a new offensive coordinator. They're likely changing the offensive scheme. It doesn't sound like they're going to stick with what they had before. And so you're completely revamping a scheme. You're probably going to have a new quarterback, probably going to have a new offensive line. I imagine it might be bumpy to start out next year offensively. If he's not going to be patient and, they, and there is a playoff mandate, which I think people in the building do kind of believe there is, then... At this time next year, we're probably talking about a coaching church, unfortunately, for, for Salah. Oh, it's a
0: tradition. It's like an every-three-year tradition <laughs> around here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, but Well, listen, I thought you did a really great job, and I uh, appreciate you writing it and uh, taking a few minutes to come on with us. So, uh, Thank you for that, and uh, keep on doing it. Are you covering the rest of the playoffs, or are you off now?
1: I'm off now just covering the Jets offseason, whatever uh, crazy happens
0: next. Uh, there'll be something for you, no doubt. Now, as a guy that covers the Jets, when you sit at home and have a cocktail or two, assuming you do, and you watch competent playoff football, <laughs> and guys like Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, do you say to yourself, well, I should have stayed in Arizona?
1: <laughs> I do say, am I covering a different sport? I definitely think <laughs> That's
0: so. That's no doubt. All right, pal. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys.